0: Snape Chat, the voice of the Snapedom, the podcast where we discuss all things Snape, always. Join us as we dive into the world of the bravest man we ever knew in art, fanfic, meta, and more. Obviously. This is Snape Centric, and I'm here with episode 32, Snape and Sickness and Disability. In this episode, I talk with Levon Snape, Lady Helitrope, Masao the dog, and Jalapeno Eye Popper about illness and disability, and how it relates to Snape in both canon and fic, including physical, mental, and emotional challenges. Enjoy the show. Hi, this is Snape and I'm here with Jalapeno Eye Popper. Hello, everyone. Lady Heliotrope. Hi, everybody. Levon. Hello and Masao. Hi. And we're talking about SNAP and sickness and disability. Our first thing was just a definition of, of disability, uh, long-term physical, mental, intellectual, or sensory impairments, which in interaction with various barriers may hinder full and active participation in society on an equal basis with others. That's from the UN Conference on Disabilities. So it kind of covers everything.
1: Yeah, I would say that's a pretty solid definition.
0: Most of us actually on this show are, are dealing with disabilities. I am one. I don't know how, I don't know how much far to go into depth as to how people feel like talking about their situations.
2: I don't mind.
3: I don't
0: mind.
4: Similarly, I'll do, I'll do a lot of listening
0: and hopefully have <laughs> okay. some
4: probing questions.
0: Yes, you can, you can be our normal. Yeah, I've had some physical problems with my spine, and I also suffer from major depression resistant to treatment. So it's been a real struggle all my life with that.
1: I'm sorry to hear that.
0: Although right now the treatment seems to be doing pretty well, it's just that my brain is not as good as it used to be as far as details and remembering things.
1: Yeah. Well, that's understandable. Okay.
0: How about Lee? Do you want to talk about what you're dealing with?
2: Okay. I have a lot going on. I have psychological disabilities and physical disabilities. I have chronic pain from fibromyalgia. I have chronic fatigue syndrome. I have a lowered immune system. So I was just in the hospital for double pneumonia and sepsis. So <laughs> that was scary. <laughs> New oh, thing. Dear. Uh-huh new thing for me to handle and then i'm on the autism spectrum and i deal with other mental illnesses too like ptsd depression anxiety a couple others too
1: so i've got a lot going on i'm glad you came out on the other side of that pneumonia wow yeah thank you
0: yeah that must have been scary
2: yeah i i couldn't breathe when i went into the er and it was scary
4: oh no yeah that's awful yeah, I think the only time I ever truly feared for my life was when I felt like I couldn't breathe. Yeah, that's that's terrifying.
0: Oh, for sure.
1: No, it really is.
4: Lady Heliotrope.
1: Sure. Uh, thank you, everyone, both uh, both Lee as well as everyone in advance for sharing. So I try to think very little about my own disability stuff, probably, because it just makes me sad, which is understandable, probably. But I have just arthritis and some digestive issues that we're still not 100% sure what's going on. But I I end up with pancreatitis in the hospital several times a year, so that's fun. Oh, gosh. And I don't drink, which most people it's because they drink. So it. they're always asking me if I'm an alcoholic. I'm like, honey, I don't drink at all. I don't drink at all because it makes me sick. And that would be bad to, to add that. So anyway, and uh, you know, the whole psychological battery you can throw at me. I mean, uh, I think a lot of us who tend to be obsessed with Snape tend to be autistic. I mean, I call myself under that umbrella as well. And also I, as a social worker, i have worked with people with disabilities, like my entire professional career of 10 years at this point. So, you know, that's, that's definitely an area of competence that I have both professionally as well as lived experience.
0: And we're so glad to have you.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you. Okay. And,
0: and Masa.
3: Hi, I guess I'll go in order of diagnosis. So I'm and sorry, if, if my voice is shaking, I'm so sorry. I have a fever from, and I'll get into that, but, um, oh, no. um I took a Tylenol, so hopefully it'll stop. So in early adulthood, I found out that I was neurodivergent and in a pretty underrepresented way. I'm not autistic. I don't have ADHD. I have AVPD and OCPD, which are avoidant and obsessive compulsive personality disorders. Mm -hmm. And they give me like a lot of trouble with like maintaining relationships and stuff like that, as well as. I would say reading social cues, but I think it's in such a specific, different way that it, I don't know, it's just kind of its own thing. And then in my mid-20s, I started getting digestive symptoms and joint symptoms so badly that I knew something was wrong. And I was lucky enough to live in Japan at the time. So, socialized healthcare? Yes and after a few months i was diagnosed with crohn's disease and that comes with arthritis and psoriasis as well and definitely relate to the whole like like getting symptoms where it's like you don't do this like you said you don't drink and you get pancreatitis i'll get like gallbladder inflammation and stuff like that and it's like you're not at risk for that why are you getting this and it's like it's frustrating because sometimes you have to explain to doctors who you would think they should know, but they, yes. they don't live with your <laughs> disease. So they don't necessarily know all the things that it can cause. So
0: Indeed. right,
3: yeah. Um, I've been flaring recently. I've been taking prednisone for that, which,
1: <sighs>
3: you know, takes out your immune system. So every time I take it, I get some kind of infection and that's why I have a fever now. So yeah. I'm
4: so sorry mm-hmm. to hear that. Thanks. Yeah. So here's a question I have for everyone. Okay. Um, because it sounds like everyone here is dealing with multiple diagnoses or multiple conditions
0: mm-hmm.
4: and like, how much does that complicate it? It sounds like we were kind of getting there with doctors. Don't even know one mm-hmm. condition, how are they going to handle the multiple conditions? Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, like, is that, I keep hearing that, you know, everybody is different in very unique ways. So, so is that then an extra even factor uh, beyond that? Sorry, I'm trying to put a scale to it and I, I don't think I have the right vocabulary for it. I think I know Uh -uh. what you
3: mean, though. Like I can say with like with Crohn's disease, at least doctors like have heard of it and they, you know, they kind of know the general stuff. But with like my neurodivergent stuff, a lot of therapists like they know about it, but they're like, I've never talked to somebody who's been diagnosed with this before. And there's not a lot of literature, like even even academic professional literature about it. And that's really made it hard for me to like have a therapist. Yeah. (laughs)
4: Oh, thank you for that. But I think you answered me perfectly. (laughs) Um,
2: Something that I think is kind of related to that for myself is that I wasn't diagnosed on the autism spectrum until I was in my thirties. And I had been going to therapists for a long time, but nobody would really listen to me about my other problems besides depression and anxiety. And when I was a child and a teenager, it was during the time when autism was still largely thought to be something that boys just had. Yep. So I didn't get discovered for a really long time. And that definitely affected
1: things in my life. Oh, absolutely. It makes a lot of sense and is all too common.
0: Yeah, for me, I'm part of my problem was I was in a car accident and started by going to chiropractor for some reason, which is strange because I was working in the medical field at that time. So it's it took like two years before there was you know any sort of
4: real answer as to what was going on
1: oh, that makes sense mm-hmm.
4: so then follow up trying to talk about our man snape our, uh, mm-hmm. our favorite uh, character snape the possibility that we can we can get exactly our representation with him
0: mm-hmm.
4: i think that's really leading into point two here about representation is important in media and fic yeah. Um, you know there's the idea of the experience um to to do all these wonderful benefits to our fandom culture I know I enjoy reading that just to, because I don't like have any of those diagnoses so I'm I'm really enjoying this perspective thank you all for doing this and yeah I like to see that representation too like popular media does tend to it can't cover anything anyway I, I mean everything anyway but yeah there's definitely a lot of room for for better more personal representations and fanfic is such a wonderful free place to find all that true
3: it really is definitely agree
4: okay probing question related to giving everybody an idea of the experience getting at all of you did you find that other people had written about experiences that were closely to yours that made you feel like you were in that story um or have you written them yourself
3: I did write a fic where Snape has like my neurodivergent diagnoses, but because I have never seen that.
2: Mm -hmm. I've written about neurodivergent Snape and disabled Snape, but not necessarily reflecting my own things. I actually ended up making his stuff more reflective of some things that I went through with my dad, having some different things with him. So I guess in a way it was a little therapeutic.
3: Catharsis.
2: I would like to read about Snape having chronic pain issues because I think chronic pain is overlooked a lot, even by medical people. Like when I was trying to get diagnosed, they would be like saying, I'm too young. I'm drug seeking and Mm -hmm. all this kind of thing. And I'm like, no, I'm in pain. And I like, I don't even care about having drugs. I want to know what's wrong with me.
1: Right.
3: (laughs)
2: And it's hard to be seen.
3: Definitely. I definitely have gotten too young. Like I went to the ER once for something and, you know, they asked like, why are you using a cane? Um, And I was in my early thirties and I was like, well, I have arthritis. And they're like, you can't have arthritis. You're too young. And I'm like, uh-huh. you're a medical professional. You should know that people get autoimmune diseases at all ages. Yep. <laughs> right.
1: They should know that, but uh, frequently they fail in that department.
3: Mm-hmm. I would love to write about Snape having chronic pain. I think I'm just very insecure about writing versus drawing uh, mm-hmm.
1: well to draw well is, is a great blessing so no I the, that's why I write frankly is because my art skills leave quite a lot to be desired
4: <laughs> <laughs> hard same
1: <laughs> the the work that I've primarily in I, I've written I think more than one fic under Lady Heliotrope with chronic pain as part of the picture but not as the primary thing going on, but I would love to read something about chronic pain being a primary issue because it, here's, here's where the the primary Avenue for, for Snape getting disability intersections comes into play for it. For me is really any sort of, you know, the hashtag Severus Snape lives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, anything where, we're seeing post-Nagini, I'm like, well, Nagini Nagini probably effed things up.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. (laughs) I've written about, like, how that survival may have come about and the implications that may have come about medically, like Mithratism and how perhaps that may have been a, a component. Now, again, I'm talking not as somebody who knows anything about biology or chemistry or anything like that. So I'm doing this purely out of my uh, speculative <laughs> my speculative <laughs> brain. But there's so many things that could have been a factor. And like, I mean, surviving a magical snake bite, you're, you're going to be prone to getting all kinds of things going on afterwards.
4: Right. I will say,
3: oh, sorry, go ahead.
4: I was going to say the element of magic just makes everything possible. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
3: Right. There is actually a Snoopin fic that I really enjoy uh, called Stitch and Bitch by Ariane Road and McKay. And it's actually about Snape getting nerve damage from Nagini's bite. And he loses dexterity in his hands. And so he actually has to take up knitting in order to sort of like do physical therapy. And I can send you the link for that. It's a it's a really good fic.
0: Oh, perfect. Yeah. Yeah, we can put that up. I'd love to read that.
4: Yeah, those are some of my favorite fics too. I put that as one of my like categories of sick fic, um, specifically for Snape and how those post-war injuries it's so dramatic too because of the the character snape is and also i think a factor of it might be alan rickman's portrayal of him you know he's he was the voice of god and uh, <sighs> in dogma reference um and then suddenly having that voice taken away just it, it has this element of drama and power as a symbol and and as something that we can really run with in a literary sense so i love those ones
2: Yeah, one of my main stories, I have some effects from Nagini's bite, where Severus has nerve damage, and he is mute. And I was really worried about doing that because of the whole voice thing, but it seems to be going well so far, and I've been able to find ways to let him speak that don't involve vocalizing. So I can still get his personality through, I think, but that was really scary to be like, okay, I'm going to try to do Snape without speaking.
0: (laughs) Mm.
4: Yeah. 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 I met you halfway in one of my fix I did. He It just hurt like a bitch to speak. So he didn't do much of it, which was then such an interesting break from his unfiltered sarcasm. where He had to choose every <laughs> single word very carefully. Mm-hmm. And I also had a wreck in our list here. Another dream. Dragoon811, also featuring Mute Snape. So that one's one of my favorite. And what you said about trying to figure out ways around it and, and ways to speak. I've seen all sorts of good ones for that trope. Oh my gosh, here it comes. <laughs> some version of sign language, different spells to help transform books into Braille for the vision ones, for gosh, for Mute Snape. Um, dictation became um, entirely through some form of legitimacy. Oh, there's so much legitimacy. The one that kind of freaks me out is telepathy. When they extend um, legitimacy to telepathy to get around some issue with speaking or just to do it, uh, maybe spy material. I, I saw a spy movie once and I didn't think they had necessarily thought through the the implications of telepathy. <laughs> so, Yeah. Sorry, went on a rant there because these are, these are some of my favorite effects
0: <laughs> Oh, that's great.
4: Yeah. I threw in a vision one there because I was mixing it up with my other rec. Mm-hmm. Um, the Shadows Trilogy by resmeranda That was, it's no longer available. Sorry, everybody. So we won't have a link to that. Uh, the author took it down and asked it not to be posted again. So I, I try to respect that.
0: Because she could probably find it knowing you.
4: <laughs> yeah, there's there's a version floating out there that has all of its formatting stripped. So it is one oh. enormous wall of tech. Oh. So if you're willing to read it that way, that one's posted online. Oh. Um, And I may have a copy if... Yeah, <laughs> For, from the underground. But 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 no, <laughs> not posting it. Sorry. Uh, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you can find me on Discord if you really want to. But anyway, in that trilogy, he was made as a spy. Yeah. So he Voldemort found out his true loyalties, and his punishment was to lose his vision, sure. pretty permanently. Like he did a real number on him physically and with a curse and burning out the optical nerve and. Yeah, gruesome, gruesome stuff. Um, So having to cope with it in different ways was a a theme of that one too. That's really a loss to the
0: fandom that Resmeranda doesn't want it to be up anymore.
1: No, it
4: sounds like it. Yeah, the uh, spoilers since since it's down, spoilers. (laughs) (laughs) One of the, some of the ways that they work around that is first mimicking muggle methods. Um, At some point they talk about Moody's eye and uh, that gets shot down for, you know, insert plot armor here. (laughs) and uh, so yeah replacing working around it entirely maybe with not even using vision as vision but he worked into sort of an advanced state of predicting the future with arithmetic, and suddenly could just see visions like he knew what was going to happen the moment it was about to happen I think it was some kind of weird cross between that arithmetic and his legitimacy skills it was pretty bizarre, but it was so memorable. And so, yeah, that was, it had its own challenges. So maybe I won't spoil it farther. <laughs> but yeah, it was really, a really interesting story um, because of all the magic involved and and trying to make that work in a magical environment. Okay. And um, Livan, you
0: were kind of getting the fix ahead of the other discussion, but coming to terms kind of replicates your recent experience with pneumonia and and sepsis. Yeah. That's very good.
2: Thank you. Called
0: Coming to terms.
2: Yeah, because I don't know, up until that point when I was hospitalized, I still hadn't really come to terms with a lot of my disabilities and things like that. And I wasn't taking care of myself as well as I should have. So I don't know, just that experience and knowing how serious sepsis can be. I I was thinking about Snape a lot in the hospital because who else are you going to think about? And, <laughs> and I I was kind of coming to terms with my own stuff. And so I was imagining him in a similar situation and decided to write about it.
0: Yeah,
3: that's great.
2: Of course, he has Harry as a nurse helping him out. So there's that. <laughs>
3: Oh my God, i have to read that because every time i'm sick like i just imagine like oh i'm snape in a bed and and i'm shocked to find harry come into the hospital and he's working there oh no
2: <laughs> luna's in there too and she's like oh we have to test your blood for nano robots and snape's like what <laughs> you know because she's just you right. know luna
3: Yep. <laughs>
1: I think that's probably one of, that sort of brings us to potentially, I think one of my favorite things is the hurt comfort element of a lot of these fics is, you know, a lot of wish fulfillment of like, oh, you know, I'd like to be taken care of like that, lol. And ultimately, Snape as a character is just this sort of pillar of self-dependence and sort of avoiding relying on anyone else in the world because you know no one else can be really trusted and then being forced to trust and being forced to rely on someone else and one of my i i actually forgot about this fic that i wrote but it's called forest in which in which severus is actually is blind due to diabetes that was brought on by uh brought on post nigini's bite just yet another possible iteration of things getting messed up with with that and and you know he can at least still do training even if he can't do his own brewing in this and you know hermione gets her mastership you know i'm just all about the hgss so So, you know there's this hurt comfort element that's just like i love that and i love that in writing these fixes it it just being the sort of disassembling psychologically of like, I can't depend on someone. Okay, fine. I guess I'll depend on you. Okay, fine. I actually like you. Like that trajectory, just, it, it gives me life. It really does. Yeah. Yeah.
4: <laughs> I have some notes about hurt and comfort that are saying Snape serves both sides of the hurt and comfort, depending on what you want or both. Like the skill he has as someone who is extremely talented in potions and the dark arts it makes it makes him a prime candidate for supporting some healing in some form or another indeed (laughs) very true yeah
1: and we've seen that in in what he did for dumbledore and trying to keep the curse at bay right for example and also in working with remus and trying to deal with the lycanthropy stuff yes yeah It's very M.A.S.H., honestly. It reminds me a bit of M.A.S.H. He's very, like, (laughs) trying to keep all these people alive. (laughs) I love M.A.S.H. (laughs) I've also read a
2: fan fiction where after the war, he actually used his legelimacy to help heal Frank and Alice Longbottom. And that was really interesting. That is interesting. I want to see that. (laughs) I can't remember the name of it, though, so that's not very helpful. (laughs) It's on fanfic.net so i don't know if that will help at all but
0: (laughs) was that his post hogwarts career as as a either a brewer or a healer at saint mungo's
2: no he didn't become a healer it was kind of a story about neville started to visit him in the hospital when he was recovering and like them kind of growing a friendship and so Uh, he was um,
3: that sounds familiar
1: yeah. yeah it sounds phenomenal too
3: yeah. I'll
2: try to I'll try to find it and let you guys have the link if I can find yeah. it. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah, that'd be great. Can we talk about hurt comfort? There's also hurt no comfort, <laughs> 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 or or I think wumps the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I mean, I think that Snape would be a a silent stoic sufferer, and I think while the the post war disability is interesting, I also have always thought that it would be interesting if he had been disabled and pain for most of his life, and that fact would actually help him get through torture like cruciatus because he's so used to being in in long-term pain that 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 spike of pain doesn't really, it doesn't necessarily touch it because I think probably all of us have kind of experienced where, you know, we we have like an intense pain that we kind of ignore because we're just so used to being in pain all the time.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And then it gets bad and you're like, well, this is a problem, but it takes you longer than maybe somebody who doesn't have chronic pain.
1: Definitely. Mm-hmm. I also think it, ad- there's the, it adds to what we see exhibited as chronic irritability.
0: Mm-hmm, I know definitely.
1: that my, my own pain where I, the pain that, that I have a lot feels like it's very much in the background, even though for other people, I'm sure it would be way too much. But then if I stub my toe, I just
3: feel like I have a <laughs> <down>. <laughs> Sometimes it's just the one thing that pushes you over the edge. I know. Right. Yeah.
1: And that's really, <laughs> I, I think that's one of the things that I experience the most. And it's just one of those things that happens. And I've, I've seen that also in former relationships I've had too, where you have this chronic pain going on and you can cope with it to quite a lot. then if there's any overflow it's just like oh gosh Mm -hmm. it's it's just (laughs) explosive and Mm -hmm.
4: i think we have a canonical basis for taking that and dialing it up to 11 um (laughs) with the uh with snape scene at the end of prisoner of azkaban oh yeah for those who read the books um yeah yeah, Yeah. he explodes he is in a rage in that um so when, when he gets pushed too hard he can blow up Although he does bear it quite stoically
0: before then.
4: Yeah.
2: (laughs) Feral Snape. (laughs) I love Feral Snape. Yes.
0: And no, it's not because he didn't get the Order of Merlin. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I hate that implication.
3: (laughs) Yeah, honestly, like, and I've been there, like, where I'm just, like, at the end of my rope and I'm absolutely fucking losing it. And it, it can, like, It could be something so stupid that pushes me over the edge, something that's just like so insignificant, but I'm just (laughs) going nuts over it. Yes.
4: I think there's some catharsis in seeing that in print, like in these stories. Very much so. We want to explode like that sometimes. We really do. So that's, I think that's a universal experience right there that we all have this basis of, you know, you push us too far and what's going to happen. Right. So true.
0: Yeah. Oh, one thing, I don't know where this fits in the outline, but there was a fic that talks about what it would be like being in a wheelchair and and so on.
1: Are we talking about Paralyzed?
0: Oh, no, no. Something um, separate. It's Summon the Lambs to Slaughter by La Guerra.
3: Hmm.
0: And it's actually a student that comes in and...
4: The first thing is, gosh, the first thing of, let me, I'm just looking at the fic right now, a half a million words. (laughs) So the first thing.
0: (laughs) Yeah. McGonagall is to accompany her on the train and she doesn't know how to get her on the train.
3: Yeah. yeah. I can imagine like Hogwarts express, not being particularly like accessible. Mm -hmm. Indeed.
2: And then in the castle, you have all the moving staircases. How would you navigate that? Oh my
3: God. Yeah.
2: House selves. I thought of that.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, there's house selves. She has a very well-adapted wheelchair, but mm-hmm. there's times like when getting on the train mm-hmm. that she actually takes her wand and basically does Wingardium on herself. That's neat. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. And shrinks down her chair and puts it in her pocket, you know. Hmm.
1: That's clever.
0: Yeah. But she also needs accommodations for her various classes, like a dictaquil to take notes. And some other ones that she needs for potions, but Snape, who's kind of the second second lead in this story, just thinks, oh, she does not belong here, and I'm not going to let her have those accommodations, and I'm just going to make everything as hard as I can for her social leave. Ooh,
4: Snape the git. Snape <laughs> the git. He's a real <laughs> good git in this one. Oh, half a million words. That's going to go on mm-hmm. the two-week list. <laughs> yeah. But it sounds fascinating. Mm-hmm.
0: Definitely. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, yeah,
0: it really is. And, you know, he changes over over the course of the time. I'm still in it because it is a very long fit. but yeah.
1: I can definitely see him being on the opposite end of championing our cause. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not my preferred slant, of course, but, you know, <laughs> that's real.
0: And then your thick, Lady Heliotrope paralyzed
1: yeah any questions about it or anything it's hard for me to really like talk i don't know really what to say about it so much
0: oh okay well um i have the summary here sure okay what if during chapter 32 of deathly hallows the elder wand hermione granger makes the rash decision to save severus snape in the shrieking shack and can she deal with the after effects alternate ending for hp7 sshg ewe post dh
1: (laughs) yeah and and she also is disabled by because because of what how she intervenes too she's also bitten and like there's some psychological warfare that that voldemort exerts upon her Mm -hmm. which she does actually come out of quite quite well but you know it they're both simultaneously disabled and then she volunteers to like kind of be his para or his nursing assistant and he's like oh my god please no Mm -hmm. (laughs) but of course you know happy ending because hgss so
0: yeah and they they yeah i don't want to spoil the ending because it's definitely worthwhile read thank you
2: yeah i've read it i've read it too and i really liked it And like, Mm -hmm. that's not even one of my pairings. I just like your writing. So I was like, I'll try
1: it. And I really liked it. Thank you. That's very sweet of you. Thank you. I I am proud of it mostly because I completed it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, do we want to talk about Snape Dean or Divergent? Sure.
1: It's evident. It's evident. It's (laughs) not. Yeah. I mean, somebody who is taking their textbooks and editing them sounds a little, uh, sounds a little neurodivergent. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh it seems impossible that he would not be yeah
3: Mm -hmm. he does things in a very neurodivergent way and i think that while you could definitely like fit different kinds of neurodivergences on him it's definitely Definitely. one of them Mm -hmm.
0: yeah a lot of people see him as uh i'm not sure how to say it coded autistic on the spectrum
1: Which seems very plausible to me. The OCD element or obsession personality uh, seems also extremely pertinent, too.
3: hmm I definitely get that from him. And not just because I relate to it.
1: <laughs> uh,
0: I do have a thing from Geo Snape, who is an educator who teaches teachers. Very cool. And specializes in early intervention and the wording is a little bit different just in her opinion he has high cognitive potential mm-hmm. autism yeah his concentration and hyperfixation i guess and also yeah just his brilliance and his being ahead of his grade level if that makes sense
4: mm-hmm.
0: I'm trying to paraphrase this, and I'm not doing a very good job.
4: No, you're doing fine. You're doing fine. Kind of like academically gifted.
0: Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But also having kind of a flat affect and not able to express his feelings or emotions.
1: Aside from anger.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. He does do that pretty well. But that's when he loses his shit.
1: (laughs) Yes. Which, you know, that's a thing that, that is so common to the autistic experiences you know basically no no expression of of emotion aside from anger because anger just overflows beyond what is uh, what is able to be contained effectively
3: okay yeah i will say that like flat affect is also really common for cluster c disorders which is what i have and i definitely have a flat affect and a hard time expressing emotions. So, like that's something about Snape that from the moment that I started reading the books, that I really liked him and related to him for. Sure.
0: Oh yeah. Can you say what cluster C disorders are?
3: Uh sure. So personality disorders are broken up into three different clusters, A, B, and C. And C are I, I think they're they're often called like the fearful ones. I actually think all the clusters have way more in common than, you know, some people do. But I think that, uh, yeah, I think that there's a lot of stigma and hatred towards cluster B specifically. And, you know, I think that's unfounded. And I feel that like, you know, there's, there's a lot more in common in general, but like with, uh, OCPD obsessive compulsive personality disorder and AVPD avoidant is, like what I have and they they both tend to have like flat effects and difficulty reading other people's emotions specifically because uh, I find myself always projecting that like the other person is angry with me or disappointed in me so if they're feeling something else I am totally oblivious to it
1: yep that makes sense
3: yeah
0: yeah that's a good explanation
4: thank you
2: one other thing that kind of always came across to me that I thought related to autism was to me. I thought there was always an element of Snape being kind of socially awkward, especially when he was younger.
1: Mm-hmm. And you can maybe
2: read into that when he's older, like, you know, taking time to pick his words or even how he says like really blunt things and think, you know, things like that, that can, that can be part of it too.
3: I think also the way that when he's, when he's teaching, a lot of the times uh you could you could say that it sounds like he's rehearsed it or written it ahead of time yeah Uh, and from my perspective that could be like you know it's so hard for him to communicate with people that he needs to write a script in order to do so
0: that it's a performance really Mm -hmm. exactly
3: exactly
1: and yeah no I definitely have picked up on that too and
4: I think it's interesting to think about how that performance is then pressured on every side of the war. Yes. So, yeah. Like how much is scripted because it really has to be right. Or he is a dead man mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's, uh, and, and the mission, you know, botched. So, so having the extra pressure, I'm sure doesn't help anything.
1: Indeed. And I remembered I was going to talk about mirroring and masking and how those two so often must be synonymous. And like, I do think that, I mean, Snape obviously has to have some degree of social tact and knowing all the stuff that I presume he learned from Lucius. At least that's what most seems sensible in my brain. But again, who knows exactly where, you know, he's able to communicate effectively with people who are a very different social class from him and his origin, of course, which, Mm -hmm. you know, requires a certain degree of, you know, putting on a face and sort of presenting as being something other than one is. And he's ex- exceedingly competent at it The and has to sort of also play act at various roles, you know, being a teacher, being a head of house, being a you know, spy and all that. And in so many ways, the idea that he doesn't 100% know who he actually is internally is very compelling to me as a writer.
3: Lack of sense of self, for sure. Indeed. And I think that... When he's alone, the few minutes that we get to see him kind of alone with somebody, he is totally different. Uh, like, I, I think in one episode I mentioned, like, I think we actually see him crying more than any other character. Yep. And if not, we we see it very frequently. So he just falls apart when he's alone. It reminds me, I, I was a, t- a teacher's aide for a while. And... I couldn't handle the idea of, like, talking in front of, like, this room full of people. So I would, like, make up a character and play that character. But after the end of the day, it would be so stressful that I would just, like, it was exhausting. I would just, you know, just want to lay there and do nothing.
0: Yep. Sure. Now, depression is another form of neurodivergence. And, well, we know at least at one point in his life he wished he was dead. But I think, given his experience, well, here also it kind of brings in a PTSD element.
1: I mean, I will eat my hat if Snape doesn't have PTSD. <laughs>
0: <laughs> There's no way he couldn't, right? Yeah. I mean, because yeah, he's just traumatized from yeah his whole time growing up, and then his time as a Death Eater, and then Remus comes up and. You know, traumatizes him some more.
3: Mm-hmm. Yep.
4: He has uh he has endured a lot of different kinds of suffering in his life, so I think that makes him very relatable. Then you can you can kind of mix and match a little bit. And, yep. Um, and see which which facets of him you like. And that's something I've always like promoted as why Snape is my favorite is he's the mysterious spy. Mm-hmm. So we can get a, a little extra something in there that is completely different than than what we might have uh, expected and you can still make it totally work he you can assign pretty much anything to him because he is so flexible and so brilliant that even if he wasn't an expert he will be soon or even if he wasn't uh, you know dealing with something in a certain way we can we can give him more opportunities and other characters to bounce off of that's one of my favorite things about the fanfic too is canonically he was so isolated and so alone so then we get some extra catharsis by giving him more support Mm-hmm. Yes. So having having good support can go such a long way. And that that is fascinating to read about, too. Yes. Yeah, I think that that's very eloquently
1: put. Thank you. Thank you.
4: I agree. <laughs> mm-hmm. And,
0: okay, I don't know if this is part of neurodivergence, but there's prolonged grief disorder mm-hmm. has become a diagnosis. And I believe it it's defined as grief lasting more than one year.
1: Which is clearly evident. Yes.
3: Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: And I know that that complicated grief is also. I I'm not a hundred percent sure on the differentiation between the two, but but both both of those are are, are things. Mm-hmm.
0: And of course, Dumbledore helps with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of keeps poking at it.
2: And now with with that disorder, there's like often a lot of self blame which I think is really common for people to portray
0: when they write about Snape. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, we are talking about, we're kind of jumping around the outline. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> just <laughs> want to make sure we cover everything. Mm-hmm. Definitely. We talked about sick fix a little bit. Um, and
3: hurt. Mm-hmm.
4: So how do you want to do this? Sure. I, I think I initially wrote this part of the outline and I managed to sneak some of it in as we've been talking. And yeah, especially that hurt and comfort trope, that can go with it from a literary standpoint we love having parallels that are both emotional and physical something that can be a metaphor for the other so so that lends itself so well to hurt and comfort trope and sick fix and dis, um, disability fix all, all of these kind of are in an umbrella of hurt and comfort where where we have so much emotion behind it and Snape's character was a kind of also a mystery and a, and a red herring so so he's complicated and it helps us feel like our complicated feelings are valid too.
1: Definitely. So well put.
3: Yes.
4: What else? So then I think we've already talked about the ways we are personally, um, but I think a lot of us um, among Snape fans are drawn to that canonical suffering of various uh, forms. <laughs> and fanfic can be a comfort, like an alternate universe where, yes, yeah, Snape lives. We were talking about that tag. That's, um, that's a tag for a reason, a trope for a reason, or, you know, keeping on some more suffering uh, mm-hmm. but also, <laughs> sometimes we gotta see how far we can push it and so then my last note about sick fix and hurt and comfort was potential of like let's play fan in our canon um edition
0: <laughs> yeah
4: so yeah i think we briefly mentioned something about the rough childhood he had the abuse he may have suffered at his father's hands or mm-hmm. from his classmates i think that's mostly canon yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we've seen a, a lot of different extremes in fanfic about how bad that abuse was, but I, don't know. I think fundamentally that's canon. All right, potions slash alcohol abuse. hmm
0: Yeah.
3: I actually love the idea that trying to run away from the alcoholism of his father, Snape actually gets addicted to what he thinks of as the opposite of that, stimulants. Yes. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. fascinating. And it helps him get more work done, which he's obsessed with.
0: (laughs)
1: Exactly. And also, you know, thinking about how many shifts he has to play in day-to-day life.
3: Yeah. Coffee and spite. I always draw, I don't know if anybody's noticed this, if you're reading my comic, but I always draw him with Diet Coke. Yeah,
2: I've noticed. (laughs) I like when people stick in little muggle things like that.
3: Because he's a half-blood, you know? Exactly. Um, uh Uh-huh.
1: Exactly, and there's a certain degree of comfort to be had there,
3: yeah, exactly. I also think that at least for me i've I've sort of self medicated with caffeine, both because it can help your medication work faster, it can mm-hmm. take mm-hmm. a little bit of edge off the pain and give you just like a little bit more energy. so I have kind of projected that onto him, mm-hmm. and I can't drink coffee it for some reason it gives me migraine. <laughs> tea is fine, not coffee though,
0: uh-huh just something in there yeah yeah now i see it's coffee cigarettes and spiders (laughs) but no doubt strengthening solution i'm sure there were some other kinds of stimulants Mm -hmm.
3: some kind of really strong pepper up potion Mm
0: -hmm. yeah (laughs) like
2: dreamless sleep to deal with ptsd nightmares Mm
3: -hmm. right
1: for sure i rely on on the dreamless sleep as a as a trope, perhaps too often. It's a good one. Yeah, it, it shows
0: and up
4: in It's <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: all.
0: <laughs> um, that's a common head canon that he's addicted to it. So.
3: And if he's doing stimulants, then he needs something to help him sleep at, like mm-hmm. to come down from it at the end of the day. Mm-hmm.
1: I also am a little partial to the idea of him trying to do ridiculous lack of sleep type of things because. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <you know. laughs> I don't know if anyone else read about like the ubermensch, not not diet, it's diet, I guess. Ugh, I, that, that was one internet rabbit hole I did not need to go on. <laughs> but it seems like a very Snape thing to do.
0: Mm. <laughs> Can you tell us about it a bit?
1: Uh, subsisting on four hours of sleep a day. Oh, oh definitely. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Like on purpose. Yeah, I can't remember how many hours of a week he works, but it's well over 100
3: I think I've actually tried to figure that out because not just Snape, but all of the professors seem to work, like, a lot. They all have, like, night mm-hmm. shifts that they have to do. Like, they need to get a union because <laughs> <They> Yes. <do.
4: laughs> yeah. I have been a counselor and administrator for um, a certain summer camp, and gosh, like, seven weeks versus 10 months is crazy. (laughs) I I would not be able to function at all, at all on that long of a a duty schedule.
1: Uh No. And frankly, as somebody who, I, I have several teachers on my professional caseload as a therapist and, you know, they're exhausted when they have, you know, when they do have unions, when they do have, you know, a normal sort of eight 30
4: a.m. to 4 30 p.m. type of schedules so
0: mm-hmm. yeah.
4: when we can send the kids home at night and not be on night duty <laughs> that's indeed that's a huge
1: yeah yep yet another way in which jkr just failed to make the wizarding world any better than the real world
3: mm-hmm yep that's that's very true yeah I worry the idea that they're all having to like do these night patrols like when are they supposed to sleep or have any free time exactly now,
1: granted I I don't know how many of them actually do have that responsibility right we only really see Snape and maybe right. McGonagall
3: I, th- I feel like McGonagall did in at least one time but yeah maybe it's a head of house thing
4: they deputize yeah. the prefects so they could probably get away with a lot less adult staff mm-hmm. so, rotating that schedule across a smaller number of teachers yeah
1: so then there's also the element of, you know, is it actually what's happening is that Snape is just taking as many of those shifts as possible because he can't fucking sleep. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, yeah.
2: That's, that's yes. usually my take on it.
3: And a sense of self-sacrifice. Like,
4: mm-hmm.
3: I have to do it so other people don't have to. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: Which is very much a mood.
3: <laughs> yes.
4: <laughs> say that also lends to him being the comfort character because he's so dedicated. hmm mm-hmm. And yeah, he's, he's the one on duty when, when shit happens. So he's going to take care of business. Yeah.
1: Indeed. But there's also the element of, he won't ever put on his own oxygen mask mm-hmm. first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes.
0: Yeah. Plus Harry's always out there
3: doing something. So. Trying to get himself killed. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm, exactly. <laughs> and who is the most competent one to make sure that he doesn't in fact, get himself killed after hours.
3: Exactly. <laughs>
1: Like, you think you think Pomona is going to be successful at sussing Harry out? Probably not.
4: <laughs> All right. So then I think we already covered Snape playing the comfort role. Oh, I had on this one. I mentioned earlier in that resmiranda fic how his injuries were a result of punishment for being found out as the spy, having, having his true loyalties revealed and being in a world of hurt for it. I think that's part of Pet Project, too, by Caria Uh uh-huh oh the so that's a fun trope though I don't think how much of that is canon this was under my fan in our canon list (laughs) yes oh yeah so does Voldemort actually punish his um, disobedient followers that way do we actually see him Crucio
1: do we see that with Pettigrew
4: Hmm. hmm I'm not it's 100% sure.
3: So uh-huh. hard to remember when you read something in a fan fiction over and over again.
4: Yeah. Right. Pettigrew's betrayal turned the made hand against him. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's, yeah, I mean. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Which that's a bar- that's a barbaric <clears throat> punishment
4: if we're looking for evidence of barbaric punishments by Voldy. True. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so maybe a small basis in canon. But yeah, that's a fun one too. Well,
1: Hermione got tortured downstairs of in in Malfoy Manor by Bellatrix doing crucios and all of that. Mm-hmm. That's true. Right. But we never
4: see Snape actually punished other than with Nagini. Right. Right. The two times then that we see Voldemort extracting punishment, he kills them, but he doesn't leave them alive. All right. What else? What? We're getting a little dark here. <laughs> <laughs> oh. It's fine. Next one is damaged memory from all of the legilimency slash occlumency shenanigans. Hmm. Seems extremely valid.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, these are really fascinating to me. And... Sometimes, uh, I've wondered about how acccleency is related to what we were talking about earlier with his emotional regulation mm-hmm. and and his struggle with that and and how he became the greatest Oclemans in the world, possibly despite struggles with emotional regulation. So that seems really um, impressive and one of the things that makes him such a captivating character. So so I enjoy fix um, where that's kind of featured.
0: Yeah, pet genius kind of said acclemency is perhaps a magical dissociation.
4: Yes.
1: Oh, I 100% agree. I think so. Yeah.
0: So yeah, he had a lot of practice. Yeah, for right. a guy exactly. with all the trauma.
1: Yeah, I think I play a lot with that concept of dissociation as in one of my sort of more sentimental dorky fix uh, Snape in the imaginary engine. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was that's such a dorky fic, but speaks very closely to my own experiences growing up where I grew up and with whom I grew up and how imaginary friends were like the only friends that one could have conceivably Mm -hmm. in my Mm -hmm. childhood. And I put that over there and put that onto his experiences. And I like that. Yeah, and the thing is, is I I was able to double dip. I could use my own obsessional imaginary friend contexts and literally transpose them onto Snape. Because guess what, Thomas the Tank Engine existed in book form in the '60s. So
0: yes, (laughs) oh,
1: Oh, that's great. (laughs) It's not not. It's one of the more tongue-in-cheek ones that I've written, but Um, that's great. It's, it's very much of a, like, this is my controlled dissociation. This is my controlled dissociation. This is my controlled dissociation. I am very much intentionally dissociating. And yeah, it's controlled.
3: Mood. Mood. <laughs> I think I actually, in my neurodivergent Snape thing, I did write him having like imaginary friends from a book series. I had to make up the book series. But I also did a chapter where he uses flying at night as a way to do controlled dissociation on purpose. I like that. Because I mean, like flying away, like that's kind of like evocative of like getting away from reality. Like you're 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 not grounded because you're not on the ground. You're flying.
1: You know, fight to flight. Yeah. Yeah. Literal <laughs> flight.
3: And he goes to like a mall after hours, like a shopping center, and just like sits there and basks in the liminality and surreality of like this empty place that's usually filled with people.
4: No, that 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 tracks. That's yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. I like that. Mm-hmm. Well we hit the end of my fan in our cannon. Oh you get one more. we we already talked a bit about post war entries from Nagini. Oh. oh. So I think we mostly covered that unless somebody had anything else to say. But I mean, obviously that one is canon. Yeah. Um, that it, except for maybe the part where he survived.
3: He totally mm-hmm. survived. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> the question is just how, and in what manner, and to what degree is he damaged? Uh-huh. <laughs> so, did we talk about paralyzed Lady Heliotrope? I think we did. I, okay. I I don't know that I have additional thoughts on it other than just I. It is a fic that it very much centers around what feels like pretty real-to-life disability type of experiences including specifically like I think there's there's a suicidal element to like oh my god I can't walk anymore like my life's over (laughs) which may or may not have drawn heavily from Downton Abbey when retrospect I'm not sure
0: oh it's a very good fic I really enjoyed reading that. thanks Um, yeah and did we, Ghosts and Masks, did we talk about that, Maso?
3: Um, I've talked about it a little bit here and there. I guess I can give like a summary. I wrote it for Neurodivergent Snape Week a, a few years ago. There were a list of seven prompts and I wrote a chapter for each prompt and it, it's just at different points of in his life and it's sort of the thing where he knows something is different about him he doesn't know what he kind of goes through like these different social experiences that are not great in sort of a wild fantasy he goes to a a therapist and gets diagnosed i want to say like i'm sorry to charity burbage fans i know i made her awful in my fic i have nothing against her character i just needed somebody to fill that role
1: that's completely valid it's okay to throw somebody that you you don't really have a deep connection to under the bus and fanfic.
3: <laughs> I mean, you know, the, my, my philosophy is, you know, if somebody needs to be kind of a villain or antagonist, I'll write them as one. But I don't have characters that like, I hate that character. So I'm going to do character bashing like it, it's they're serving a role in the story.
1: Absolutely. I mean, that's very, very normal.
4: And I've always thought character bashing was highly subjective. That sometimes, like, taking faults and turning them up to 11 is great. And sometimes, picking something up is also great. (laughs) And it's fanfic, and we can do what we want. And yeah, like, I don't hate Ronald Weasley, but he's my crutch on the bashing front once (laughs) in a while. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Hard, same. Hard, sorry,
3: not sorry. (laughs) Sometimes it's just convenient. Sometimes it's like who is nearby, like in proximity, and like you have to. And Snape doesn't talk to that bitty people.
1: No, exactly. True. And, you know, I think there's also an element of, you know, in the actual canon, he is the character that J.K.R., you know, loves to hate.
3: Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: And loves to set up for various foibles. And,
4: I mean, he's the foil.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
4: I was just thinking... Speaking of foils, um, the next couple of things on the rec list are both by Evil Bean, which I'm fairly certain are both snack fix. And those two characters talk about foils. <laughs> oh,
3: I um, love snack.
4: I'm sure I've read both of these, <laughs> um, but I don't know who put them on this list. So that's exciting. We both kind of had. <laughs> yeah, I think Moonstone is
0: a classic. It's not exact. It's, it's a Snape ampersand series, if that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Little, yeah, more platonic-less. Their their interaction with each other, where Harry asks Sirius to take Snape to St. Mungo's on his motorcycle because his health is such that he can't apparate.
3: Mm
4: -hmm. That tracks. Yeah. I seem to recall about this story that they wrote their own Fix-It AU for their fanfic. (laughs) <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was tragic and like gut-wrenching and now there's an au to uh, yeah uh i just found it two parts au fix it of this story
0: <laughs> so, oh yes that's yeah. that's right i forgot about that that part uh, of it that came later
4: <laughs> because, that's so meta on yes. the concept of hurt and comfort by the way like yeah. the yes. hurt me and now i need the comfort
0: <laughs> yeah because winston will break your heart mm-hmm. It's, yeah, they almost come to a sort of friendship almost, but then, yeah, it has a very sad ending.
2: I actually need to go. I left a little message in the chat. Thanks, everybody, for talking and everything.
0: Okay, well, I appreciate your time. Thank you. Good luck. Thank you for coming. Okay,
1: definitely. Good luck. Thanks. If there's any other follow-up questions, I'm game, but I do need to wrap up too.
0: Okay. Sure. Okay.
1: Well, I
4: appreciate your time. Of course. We just have a couple more recs to do, maybe?
0: hmm
3: I'm still here, yeah.
0: Okay. The Monsters in the Magical Toy Shop is also by Evil Bean. And this happens... It's a real womp, I guess. I don't know if you call it that. But Snape, while spying for Dumbledore at 21, kills Peter Pettigrew during a Death Theater meeting to prevent the rat from killing the potters.
3: Hmm. That's interesting.
0: Yeah.
1: That's sounds super interesting.
0: Yeah. Then he's very badly tortured
3: by the death by eaters. Voldemort. Oh by the Death Eaters.
0: Yeah, I think Voldemort too, you know. And I could read tortured, then ostracized, disfigured and hated. He disappears into the shadows until one day he is rested. And ends up meeting Alistair Moody. Under Moody's fatherly affections, Severus will discover that he can have a new life, even if it entails working in a toy shop with serious fucking black.
4: <laughs> yeah. So good. And, yeah. And this All is right.
3: a, a snack one.
4: Yeah. I, is that another platonic one or is it snacks? It's, it's platonic. Yeah. Okay.
3: Okay. Still, still really compelling
0: yes it's it's and it's very good, and it's it's interesting to have Moody in more of a comforting role.
3: Yeah, that's unusual, mm-hmm. yeah,
0: and Sirius actually had eventually ends up accepting Severus and his well, he can't work out front because his disfigurement is so bad that it scares children.
3: Oh, I see.
0: and he also has frequent seizures. So, yeah, he really got whumped. Yeah. But, yeah, it talks about just a lot of learning about each other and accepting each other. So, yeah, maybe it's eventual snack, you know, after <laughs> after the conclusion
4: of the story. Gross <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. shippers out here. <laughs> yeah.
1: I'm here for that. Yeah, well, I think I'm going to wrap up. Lovely to talk to you all,
4: everybody. Thank you for you having too. me. I really appreciate
0: yeah. it. Yeah. Nice uh, to meet take you. Take care.
4: Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. We already did talk about another dream, which was one with a mute Snape. We already talked a bit about summon the lambs to slaughter, Uh huh. which was Snape the Git.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Let's see. Next on our list is Toblerone by, uh, by Guljeri or Guljeri?
0: Jerry, who is actually yeah. Levon.
3: Yeah, it's a it's a good fic. I I've only started reading it because I'm so bad about opening a million tabs and losing a fic that I'm reading. But I have been really enjoying it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it's good. It's it's a little bit different, and also state becoming trans. Yeah, it's a journey, and Harry, you know, is also there too. Yes, and he has his own problems. Very much so.
3: <laughs> it's really
0: interesting. Yeah
3: it's a good read yeah
0: and also he did a quick one chat coming to terms and basically talking about his recent experience with pneumonia and um sepsis sepsis yes thank you yeah and being gravely
4: ill right yeah that was so dangerous that all sounded so terrifying so yeah uh, yeah the journey. I like I like to use the word the journey because I think that's part of what makes all of this kind of umbrella of sick fic disability fic very, very personal to people is the journey going on that journey with somebody.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Because I mean I, I know I can speak from personal experience. When you when you lose physical abilities, you have to change the way you see yourself. You know, I, I definitely remember feeling like worthless because I couldn't go to work anymore. And, you know, even even as like anti-capitalist as I am, I have these like internalized feelings of if I can't make money and support my partner and I, then what good am I? And I really had to struggle with that. So I think like the the journey and I, I think I could see Snape going through that, like if if he's not helpful to other people, then what good is he?
0: Right. Yeah, that, that is another thing. And oh, there's also well an article, Autism and Medium Progressing Yet Stuck on the Artifice website. I have a link to that. There's a large section about Snape and his coding and, and so on. Also, there's the fan splining podcast it has a two-part episode on disability and fandom. Very interesting. Hmm. Talks about mad studies, people harmed in the psychiatric system, just all sorts of interesting things. It's worth a listen. And that's it for the Rex. And we've covered everything on our outline. Great.
3: Great. So I think we're in good shape. Awesome. I'm glad that we did an episode about this topic.
0: Yeah, me too. I, I think it was a good thing to, to address. And I think it was actually Levon's idea to do it. So kudos to him.
3: Yeah, thank you, Levon.
4: Yeah. Well, I apologize again for being late. and <laughs> Oh, that's all right. <laughs> Getting a little rambly in my rushed. But uh, yeah, this was fantastic. This was fun. Yeah. I learned so much and I hope that everybody listening also got something out of it.
3: hmm
0: Yeah. So thank you, Hal. And thank you, Masao.
3: Thanks for having me. Likewise, thank you. Okay, take care. You too. Bye.
4: Bye.
0: I hope you found our discussion interesting and informative. Thanks again to Lady Helitrope, Masao, Al, and Levon for joining me in such an important discussion. And here we must say goodbye. We wish we didn't have to, but it hasn't escaped our notice that life isn't fair. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Tumblr and Twitter, or leave us a message at SnapeChatPodcast.com. We'd love to hear from you. Support us on coffee to help defray the cost of production. Many thanks to Nix for her work on our website at SnapeChatPodcast.com, Be sure to check out Care of Magical Shippers podcast and alwayssnape.com. Thanks for listening. Until next time, stay snarky.